Happy football season. This is NFL tight end Colin Thompson and founder of Not For Long Media. Trending Thoughts with Tory Smith is brought to you by our friends over at Wealth Advisory Services. If you don't know them, you should. Located in Doylestown, Bucks County, outside of the Philadelphia area. Also down the Jersey Shore in Cape May, New Jersey. And they work with clients across the country. They have a personalized approach to managing your wealth. Managing wealth with an eye towards the future demands with skill and vigilance in today's global economy. Over the years, we've worked with clients and other professional advisors, including attorneys, accountants. They help people with retirement. They help young investors like myself navigate the crazy climate that we are in today. So check out wealthadvisoryservices.com located outside and inside the Philadelphia area. Enjoy Trading Thoughts with Tori Smith. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back for another episode of Chinning Thoughts. I'm your host, Tori Smith, and this week has been crazy. From the fans and football to real-life stuff, I'm excited to get rolling with this one. And I missed last week. I had a lot going on, so I apologize for that for the folks that were waiting. But I do want to tell you, I am still a believer in Sam Howell and what he has going on as a player, and also the Ravens as well. It's been crazy. Philly's been taking care of business. The 49ers are the best team in the league. When it comes to my favorite teams, the Carolina Panthers are struggling. However, all things are on plan, long season to go. So we'll start there, right? Where's the state of everyone? The commanders right now are really struggling, right? That defense, something that I really thought was going to be top five coming in, has really been struggling. Sam Howell, we knew he would be a major part of this team's growth and really going out there to get it done. He's been playing a little inconsistent, but I still love what I see out of him, seeing a guy that has the ability to make plays, that has the ability to make the big-time throws. He just has to be consistent, and that's normal when it comes to really any position in the league, but especially the quarterback position. The difference between good and great is consistency, and I think he has the ability to do it again. Give him time. It's a long season. There's no way with the talent that they have on defense over there in Washington that they're going to continue to play in this manner. I just don't believe it. I think there's too much talent there. I think they're going to be fine, but Sam Howell is going to be the reason why Again, this team ends up making a late push to make the playoffs. I still believe they are going to be a playoff team. The Philadelphia Eagles have been balling. Offense has still been kind of finding its roots, but they've still been doing a great job. Jalen Hurts is very much still Jalen Hurts. The team has been winning those games to me where you're able to show all sides of the all three phases of the game really coming to play, and that's what's going to make Philly great. You know, they're going to go through these things. I know people expected everything to be blowouts and fully dominant all the time. That's just not how the NFL works, right? Other guys get up to play you. People forget this team went to the Super Bowl last year. So every single time you play another team, that's what their coaches are telling them. This is the team that went to the Super Bowl. We're right there, right? We beat them. We can prove that we belong on that same stage. And Philly's going through that each and every week, yet they continue to go out there and find ways to get it done. And that's what great teams do. The Philadelphia Eagles are a great team. And if you ask me, they're number two in the NFC, right behind my other favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers, who I think they're playing the best ball in the league. I don't care if you're talking about the Chiefs. I don't care if you're talking about my anybody. 
The best team in the league right now is the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan has them boys rolling. They're playing very well on offense. Brock Purdy is who we thought he was. Yes, he does a great job managing the game, but it's time you give him a little bit more respect. He has the ability to make plays, and he's really grown into his role. I know we hear a lot of people talk about Kyle Shanahan's, myself included, talk about Kyle Shanahan's offense and how it's very quarterback-friendly based on the reads, based on the quick game and screens and ways they get you to kind of get in the rhythm. But the reality of it is this cat can play, and you can't punish him for being in that system. We all know anyone that's played, especially quarterbacks, right? sometimes your environment determines your success, not sometimes, really all the time. And so when you're on a team where you have nice receivers, tight end, George Kittle, one of my favorite players included, you have a solid running game. You have Christian McCaffrey, one of the best players in the league. You have a big-time offensive line with Trent Williams, still the big bully out here, doing very well. Right, that offensive line doing a great job. Then you look on the other side of the ball, Bosa's killing it. The linebackers, Fred Warner, Greenlaw. I mean, they look crazy on defense, right? This is a San Francisco 49ers team that you were seeing during that run where they were looking like they were in the NFC Championship game. It felt like every single year, and they were right over the hump, and they have that kind of talent to be that team, and they've really been that since Shanahan's been there. It's just about getting over that hump and getting it done in the Super Bowl. So this team has a chance, like we said, from the beginning of the year. They are playing awesome right now, and they are the best team in the league. And right now, I don't feel like it's close based on the way they're playing. Now, with that being said, do I think they can beat everybody or they can't be beat? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they can't be beat. But what I am saying is they're playing better than everyone else, and that momentum is huge, especially when it comes to positioning yourself down the line with home field advantage, which is going to be huge for the folks to be able to play at Levi on Santa Clara and getting it done in the playoffs versus traveling back east to Philly. So that battle is going to be one to watch as this season goes on because all these games are all about positioning yourself later on, and I can't wait. But when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, just flat out struggling, right? Doesn't seem like too much is going well. But for the Carolina fans, I will tell you this. Frank Wright is a great coach, right? David Tepper wants to get this thing right. He's a great team owner. But sometimes it thinks it takes some time. Right. There is a talent challenge right now, but also the young quarterbacks learning how to play as well. You know, you could mention some of the decisions that have been made about trading DJ Moore and getting rid of a weapon, which would have helped a young quarterback. But the reality of it is that's all a part of the business. All right. This isn't going to be Carolina's year to be the team. It's just not. Can they make a nice run late? Sure. But they're not going to win the Super Bowl. And I don't want to call it a complete rebuild. But at the same time, this is a team that is young. And they have, they're missing some pieces in order to be that team. Do I think they can make a run, especially considering the division they're in, to possibly sneak into a wild card spot? Maybe, right? Down the line, I'm not saying they can't. But the odds are that this is a team that may not have enough right now. I don't think the roster has enough right now to really go over there and get it done. And it's easy to be a fan and look at how the team looked last year where it seemed like at times they were a little bit more competitive. But I'm here to tell you, each and every year is different. Just because you're competitive one year doesn't mean you're going to be there the next. So, which is why I tell fans all the time, they're extremely spoiled when you see a team like the Patriots were for so long or the Eagles right now, right? Or the Baltimore Ravens, where even a down year seems kind of crazy, but you're still probably going to make the playoffs, right? Like that's not the norm. And so I think Carolina's going through something right now, which is normal, right? You're picking number one, right? Getting the quarterback, picking top five anyway, top 10 anyway. Right, you weren't in position to have all of that talent right now. So the Panthers are going to be fine. I love Coach Frank Wright's leadership. 
Also, I see something every day on Twitter about the fans being upset about what he gives you in press conferences. Let me tell you all right now, every team, every coach in America, they're not going to give you anything. Stop getting upset based off of a press conference. They're not going to give you anything. They're going to give you the bare minimum, all right? So as long as you tailor your expectations, you'll understand that. Players are going to give you the same coaches talk. Yeah, one week, uh, next week, one game at a time, one play at a time. That's all it's going to take. That's all you're going to get. So stop expecting more. They're not going to tell you what their plan is. They're not going to tell you exactly where they see they are. They're not going to throw guys under the bus, right? That's just not how it works. So stop expecting these coaches to open their, their brains and their hearts to really pour into you about how they feel. It just doesn't work that way, all right? And when it comes to uh, the Baltimore Ravens, that's really where I want to dive into today. I'm not going to lie. That, that, loss, that loss to the Steelers stinks, right? That one, ugh, nasty. Dealing with the one Steelers fan that was with us at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, talking about it. Uh, we had a disgusting loss with our youth football team, the East Harry County Jaguars, on Saturday, too. So to lose like that, the same way the Ravens did, giving the game away, playing awful, mistakes, right? It hurts. Um, and so I think when you come out there and you think about that rivalry, Steelers fans walking around Baltimore, their shirts on, disgusting. Um, but they earned that win, right? They got it done. But I will tell you this. I'm a firm believer, and film always shows you there's a such thing as losing games. The other team may have won, right? Credit to them. But there's a such thing as losing games by not protecting the ball, by having too many mental mistakes. All right? Anyone that watched that game, even an honest Pittsburgh fan, will probably be able to tell you that that's not a game they should have won. It should have been a blowout. Right? The Ravens should have beat them by probably 14 points at minimum. Shouldn't have been close. You had seven drop passes, right? Plenty of mental mistakes, and just the opportunities and when it happened. When I say mental mistakes, I mean, you gave up three points uh, going into halftime, right? Not calling the timeout, whatever the plan may have been, it wasn't executed. And then you have an interception thrown in the back end trying to give Odell a shot on a fade, and that ended up leading to, leading to three less points. So six points given up right there, besides the 14-plus on drops, right? That's a tough spot to be as a team, and, you know, it's hard to win that way. And then you turn the ball over, lose a turnover batter 3-1. Hard to win that way, right? And everyone had one winning drive, knows that. That's football, right? Told you, my youth football team, we turned the ball over four times last weekend, right? You're not going to win that way. We had an endless amount of penalties. Never seen second and 20 or 30 so much in my life, right? You just can't win when you're making mistakes. And teams take advantage of that, and they go out there, and they get it done. And that's what Pittsburgh did, because you can't just say they didn't go out there and get it done. On the back half, you know, they had a heck of a drive to go and get to and lead their team to a touchdown, you know, by the young picket to pickings combination. They did a great job. So much as I hate Pittsburgh, I'm always a realist, too. You got to talk about what you see. And those cats made some plays when it mattered the most. Lost for the Ravens. Tough one. It hurts. Right. That one in the Colts are two that are going to burn us up, especially when it comes to positioning for the playoffs uh, later on in the season. But let's be honest here. My main talking point that I want to talk about is Lamar Jackson. Y'all fans, yes, I'm saying y'all, and if the shoe fits, put it on, are losing your minds when it comes to talking about Lamar Jackson. And I get 
He's a national figure, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Polarizing, right? I think socially he's polarizing as well. He always is himself, right? Humble, down-to-earth dude. I love him to death. Feel like I played with him. Never have. Got a lot of respect for that young dude, right? But folks are blaming Lamar Jackson for that loss. The media, national media, one of my favorite shows, First Take, Stephen A. Smith, Uncle Shannon, shout out to the guys, right, are having conversations about <laughs> is Lamar Jackson worth his money? Are the Ravens getting their money worth? To have that conversation at this point of the season, to me, is ridiculous. It makes zero sense to have that conversation. Criticize the quarterback for his play? Sure. Do that at all times. But are we watching the whole games, right? Are we watching the whole games or are we just talking about things and reading highlights and reading clips? Because anyone that watched that full Pittsburgh Steelers game realizes that Lamar Jackson was not the problem. In fact, the team would have blown them out if things would have been executed because it's a team game, right? The receivers will tell you, y'all know how I feel about receivers and being a player that has dropped passes myself, right? Far from perfect. I hate talking about it but you have to talk about the truth about what happened right the receivers did not get it done that's not a secret that's not a knock when he plays his game sometimes you have some weeks where you just stink it up and last week the receivers just weren't on their game right nelly dropped the big one could have been a touchdown right he would have ran in with that one um talk about bateman dropping one in the end zone right those are plays that in the receiving room you're just looking at each other like damn fellas like we know we got to get those, the easy ones, right? It's hard to get that open. It's hard to get that open. So great scheme by Coach Munkin, but you also see guys in position and you just simply got to make the plays. Really gimmies, right? Really completely changes that game. With that being said, I have a problem with everyone's criticism of Lamar Jackson simply because if they win the game, we wouldn't be talking about his contract. And you still shouldn't be talking about it even with the loss. Because if you watch the game, you would see that he did his job. Football is a team game. Period. There's no one player on one position that relies on their teammates to do well for their success than the quarterbacks. Right? They need the offensive line to block. They need a running game to kind of be balanced to help them out too. And they need their receivers to go make the plays. And the receivers just flat out didn't get it done last week. And it happens sometimes, right? And for Lamar Jackson to take that criticism this early in the season, to me, that bothers me. Because when you go and you look after the fact, he was the highest graded quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. Number one, not five, not eight, not top 10, number one. And they take into account plays that should have been caught and things like that. He did his job. So to me, I think there's a responsibility for everyone to have responsible conversations when it comes to players and their performances. There's no player or coach that's above criticism in the league, especially from the media pundits and guys like myself who right now who, yes, I do stuff in the media, but I got a podcast mic just like everyone else. Everyone's their own media source, right? You could talk about these things, but just let's just make sure you're just fair in it. And anyone that watched that game or has watched how Lamar has been playing has realized that Lamar has been playing winning-type football. Can you criticize the fumbles and the turnovers? Sure. You can criticize those fumbles, right? You can criticize any interception, sure. 
right? There were more lazier type fumbles earlier on, but to criticize the fumble from that game would tell me that did you watch the play or did you read a stat line? Because it was knocked out by a defensive end that he didn't see as the ball was being thrown. So not all turnovers are created equally. And I think we have to be clear when, when we're discussing when we're discussing these things. And also, what bothers me about Lamar talking about his money is that there are another batch of quarterbacks that are currently playing, I don't want to say the same way, but there are current there are other quarterbacks that are getting paid just as much. Right. When Joe Burrow, who let me start this off by saying I'm a huge fan of Joe Burrow and the way he plays the game. I've been a fan since LSU. I think he's a dog, right? I think he's special. But he missed the time in camp and he came out a little rusty. Right? Joe Burrow. Folks weren't criticizing his contract being the highest paid guy. They weren't. Right? Why weren't they? Jalen Hurts. Right? He hasn't started off as hot. He's playing winning football. The team is winning. Right? But he didn't start off as hot. So why are we having these conversations like justifying Lamar's check when there's probably half of the league, probably more than half of the league, that's kind of in this same little bubble and where they're playing. And these guys are getting paid. But why is Lamar the big target? I don't know. That's a question that needs to be answered by, you know, the, the media pundits that, that have those conversations. But to me, I feel like he's unfairly criticized. Um, another quarterback that actually falls into that category for me is actually Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is the baller. And I think what fans and media folks struggle with when you had this quarterback conversation, Dak Prescott included, who is getting killed by everybody right now, who actually like Dak too when he's on his game. Dak, at his best, is an elite quarterback, right? This is about being consistent, which is the challenge for each and every player in this league. But I'll say this. Fans and media folks have to put their little lenses on when they talk about a quarterback and their salary. One is just the going rate. You got to pay for them. Yes, people love to put quarterbacks in tiers, but to me, there's only really two tiers that really matter. And it boils down to this. One, are we going to win the game, and can we win this game because you're our quarterback? If you feel that way stepping out on the field, then you should be fine. That's a guy that should be paid. That's a guy that shouldn't be criticized in a way that he can't get it done. Because let's use Lamar Jackson for this example. Lamar Jackson as a quarterback is 52 and 23. That's down near 70%. If you said any quarterback in the league, if you could draft him and he was blind or whatever, blindfolded, drafted a quarterback, and he was going to win 70% of your games, you're taking him on your team. Right? And Lamar Jackson has proven that he's a winner, yet he get criticized like he's a bump. Let's talk about Kirk Cousins. Is he perfect? No. But you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. Why am I saying that? Because there are quarterbacks that are way, way, way worse than him. That have figured out ways to get it done. Because what y'all tend to forget is that football is still a team sport. It takes everything to get it done. It takes the defense. It takes the special teams. It takes everyone to get it done. So it's not just about one person. But the question that has to be answered every week is, can we win because this guy's our quarterback? And I've been in that locker room twice. Been able to hold the Lombardi twice. And with Joe Flacco, every single time we stepped in the huddle, we knew we could win because Joe was our quarterback. With Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, we knew we could win because he was our quarterback. 
with Nick Foles. When he got healthy, we knew he could win because he was our, he was our quarterback. With Cam Newton in Carolina, we knew we could win because he was our quarterback. It's that simple. San Francisco, we had quarterback problems. Did not feel the same way. Right? But when it comes down to it, it's that simple of a question. Because that guy's in the huddle, we can win. And so stop getting all pressed over the dollar amounts. Everything has to go right to win the Super Bowl, period. And there's only going to be one each and every year. So when you're yelling about Lamar Jackson, when you're complaining about Kirk Cousins, when you're complaining about, shoot, I even say Brock Purdy, who's doing an excellent job, these guys, you can win because they're your quarterback. And it doesn't look one way like y'all want it to be. Jalen Hurts, too. I don't care if he struggles down the stretch. He's proven that he can play at an elite level and put the team on his back. So y'all lay out the quarterbacks a little bit, all right? Takes the surrounding cast to go out there and get it done. Offense, defense, special teams. So that's my little rant for today. But also, I want to talk about something that's very important to me. So it's October 10th. It's Mental Health Awareness Day. Well, for the past week, it's been Pro-Athlete Mental Health Awareness Week. And guys have been doing things and talking about their struggles and different things they can do to, you know, really kind of educate folks on mental health. And it's important to me to do that and to use my platform to do it because I am a person that when I was younger, I didn't really understand mental health and really the importance of talking to somebody and being open. You know, the way I grew up kind of boxed everything off, um, built up a lot of walls to protect myself from things. and. Honestly, I didn't trust that many people. And so because of that, I think it led to me kind of being a little cold-hearted and also mentally, even though I felt like I was mentally tough and I still feel like I'm mentally tough, um, there are some struggles and some things that have had to have been addressed and still do as a 30-something-year-old adult now. And from the pro-athlete perspective, I think it'd probably be interesting to know that I've been clinically diagnosed with depression twice as an NFL player in Baltimore and in San Francisco where I was taking medication, needing help, needing support, talking with therapists, something that I had been doing for really kind of since college, but I was really struggling. And it's now that I'm done, I understand the impact that it had on my play. Right, like I, I don't think that playing is the most important thing when it comes to battling your mental health. But like, I'm looking back now, and I can see directly how in Baltimore my play may have dipped a little bit during stretches where I was really struggling. No one knows it besides the coaches in the receiver room, and you know maybe Harbs and obviously the guys up top. But it wasn't public knowledge. Um, and the same in San Francisco. No one really knew, but the medical people, and I imagine the coaches and stuff knew as well, right? But it was a, a real challenge, man. Like, so when you look and you think that everything should be great, and trust me, I believe this, right? I tell people all the time, we lived, we were unstable coming up, lived in 20 different places before we were 16, right? My mom, my grandma did whatever they could to make sure we were straight. But dealing with abuse, drug abuse, violence, incarceration, like the things that impacted my childhood, like those things pile up in different ways as you get older. 
right? Like I didn't really realize I kind of needed to talk to somebody, honestly, till I met Chanel. Um, when she was asking me questions and the bare minimum stuff, and I'm like, you know, real cold shoulder, like, you know, I, I'm a dude that I couldn't even tell you I loved you with it with confidence. It's not something that was comfortable to me. Um, because love to me is a is a verb, it's an action, right? Don't don't say it because it had zero value to me coming up. Um, the word itself, because I ain't trust it. Like you gotta show me that, you know what I mean? And I think there are a lot of different things that she made me realize that I built up walls and I was carrying stuff and it was kind of weighing me down with that baggage that I had in my mind. So being able to go and talk with the therapist and um, confide in my teammates, like those were things that really kind of opened me up because one thing I always felt like, I always felt like I was alone. But I felt like I was alone, but I always knew there was somebody out there that had went through it and that was okay. And that always kept me going, knowing that somebody else was in my shoes or even worse, and they made it through. And that was always really my motivation. But I need to help at times. I need help now, right? Still talk to people about it. And being able to do that and being open about it is something that I feel like more people should do, especially in this social media era, you know, really comes to mind and it kind of hits home thinking about athletes and even fan interaction i saw that uh i use a shot bateman for an example not to knock him or anything but he deactivated his twitter that to me shows that he's protecting his mental health and fans are like oh that's soft or oh, he's running from it <laughs> but i've learned as a person that grew up on social media Right. I remember when Facebook, you needed your college email to even have it. Right. Twitter was jumping when I was in college. Right. But being on social media. One thing I've learned is that that the same thing that you love about it, the connections, the the how close you can be, the access, interacting with fans, interacting with family, all that can be special. But the opposite side of that is when things are downhill and you're getting crushed, man, you stink. You should be working out. You're over here playing with your kids at the playground. Like people are just hearing these things about how bad they are or whatever it may be. And I tell people all the time in the bear, it's really simple. doesn't matter who you are, or what you do. I don't know anyone that enjoys consistently hearing negative things about themselves. I don't care how mentally tough you are and how tough a skin you have to have. It weighs on you. And that's something that I didn't really understand that much either because I always felt like, man, these stupid fans, I don't know them, right? The, for the minority of folks that were doing that, I always felt that way. Like, man, ain't nothing dealing with people that aren't even in my face that never say anything to me in person, right? Dealing with that, like, ain't worse than nothing I've been through. And that's kind of how I always processed it. But at the same time, when you're struggling, when you're thinking about, man, I'm trying to still start. Man, I'm working for this contract. Or man, my folks are struggling back home and financially, I got to still help them, but I got to make sure I'm not blowing my money at the same time. Or man, my my teammates, um, I feel like I let them down, right? I dropped the game when it passed. I fumbled the ball. I threw the interception. I missed the tackle. Whatever it may be, it's one thing to disappoint the guys in the locker room right? Because you failed to make a play. It's another thing to feel like I disappointed the guys in the locker room because I failed to make a play and I disappointed millions of other people. 
due to me not getting it done. And whether that's fair or not, that's how guys feel. And it's a real struggle, man. It's a conversation that we can really talk about forever because it's always deeper than football. And it takes some digging to get out of it. I was talking to the folks at Jimmy Seafood the other day about um, someone that asked what's it like on the, what's it like on the sideline when you make a mistake or you drop a ball or whatever it may be. And I was able to process and realize, like, now that I'm coaching kids, it's the same conversation as talking with a kid. Right? Like, for example, I mentioned our game we played this weekend where we stunk it up. Our young quarterback, right? Um, he's all in his head, crying and stuff because he threw a couple interceptions, right? He's never done that. Well, he throws a couple interceptions. He's all in his head. And you're like, man, get to the next play. Stop the crying. Get to the next play. We got a whole game to play, right? That same thing is happening with professionals. Man, get to the next play. It's all right. Get to the next play, right? Just go. Get it done, right? Make it on you. Coaches might be upset. Someone might cuss you out the older you are, but get to the next play. And that's all that really matters. But at the same time, they're similar because their feelings are hurt. Kind of going to shell. I joked about how when we played Pittsburgh and um, I ran a double move on Ike Taylor, had him beat for a touchdown. I didn't see the ball thrown, so I kind of slowed down a little bit. All of a sudden, Joe launches it down the field. I run, 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 got a dive. Ball goes over my fingertips, right? Didn't get enough on it to catch the ball. And I'm jogging back, and that little sky camera just hanging above me, walking off. You know it's awful, right? And you kind of feel like you just let millions of people down in the middle of a game. Thank God Joe came back to me a couple plays later, and I was able to catch the game winner. But the same feeling you have there is the same feeling our young quarterback had when he threw his two interceptions. It's the same feeling that you had back in the day when you made a mistake during your game. Everyone remembers that one time they feel like they let their team down. And I'll tell the kids that the only way you don't make those mistakes is if you don't play. So you learn to get over it. You learn to go. But as a pro, there's a different element to that. Now you're being paid. So now you're worried about your livelihood. You're thinking about things that don't even matter instead of just getting to the next play. And that's what that mental battle can be. And it can weigh on guys. It is not just a performance thing. It can be money, finances at home, right? It can be real life, family, expectations, something that I really struggle with, right? These are real things that happen and it's different. And I know people always feel like, well, I'd love to have those problems. I agree with that. But it doesn't mean that the problems still don't exist, which is why you see guys that are struggling with their mental health, that struggle when they get out of the league, whatever their professional sport may be, that struggle with their identity because it was so wrapped up in feeling like the love and the praise that you get from being an athlete, playing at a high level, doing well. Everyone did well to get to that point. And then when it's all taken away, what does life look like? What's your identity? Who are you? And people don't know who they are sometimes. And that's not just an NFL issue. That's a real life issue, all right? And that's something that really we all should be out in front on, making sure that we know who we are. But at the same time, I think as a fan, if you understand that there's still a human behind there, I don't think, I don't think any of the Ravens receivers last weekend wanted to drop the pass, right? 
And I think that's important to remember. Should they be criticized? Absolutely. Is that a, I know fans like to say, man, I could have made that play. That maybe actually could be one of the one plays you actually could have made, right? Which is fine. But there's levels to it. Catch the ball. Expect them to catch the ball. Sending emails, sending death threats. That's doing too much. Way too much. And those things weigh on players. So as we wrap up Mental Health Day and Pro Athlete Mental Health Awareness Week, make sure you're conscious of that. And if you have kids and you're coaching them at home, make sure you're conscious of that as well. Myself, personally, I'm a hard coach. I am very demanding. I don't do the little crybaby stuff, right? We're going to fight through it. We're going to get to the next play. because. There's nothing worse when it comes to a person that every every situation that happens on the field as an athlete, which is why I think all kids should play sports, bad things are going to happen. How are you going to respond is bigger than what happened. And when you're dealing with that, and this is, it's extreme emotional reaction. My son struggles with it probably more than anybody. And man, something bad happened. He's already breaking out crying. But yo, tighten down or get out. Tighten up or get out. And each year, his reaction time is cutting down. Cutting down, cutting down. Part of that is that he's older. He's starting to learn how to manage his emotions a little more. But also, I like to tell him, not the idea that men don't cry. I don't tell them that. But I tell them every situation is not worth your tears. And I live by that. I ain't no mental health specialist. But I do live by every situation isn't worth your tears. It's not worth all your emotions. It's not worth you pouring everything out in that way. Because in sports, you don't have time. You got to reset it. Next play, next play, next play. So get your kids into sports, all right? But mental health awareness, man, make sure you're touching up on it. Make sure you're talking with your friends, your family. Make sure you're checking in on them. Make sure you're just having a basic conversation. You know, something that's been happening for me lately in life, say it all the time. Someone's name pops to my head, I shoot them a text. How you doing? It doesn't have to be anything because I think sometimes people pop into your mind for a reason. And you never know if they just need you for a simple hello conversation. Doesn't have to be deep. Doesn't have to be, hey, I need $5. Doesn't have to be anything, man. People just need to know that you're checking in on them and you're happy that they're alive, right? Because that's something that a lot of people that you're even around that you don't know every day are questioning if they should even be here or if they want to be here. And understanding that, it's like, man, you got to check on your people, right? Check on your people that are treating you right, right? People that are treating you right. But check in on folks, man, because you can't, there's nothing worse that 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 feeling of regret that you didn't check in on somebody that you knew was kind of struggling or you didn't check in on somebody when they popped to your mind, that'll, kid, that, that'll hurt you, you know? That'll crush your spirit. Because I had that happen to me one time this year, a guy came to my mind to check on him. Actually, it was a young kid. Um, one of the squeegee boys um, that I built a relationship with. And he, he came to my mind and said, I'm going to hit him up when I get home. I'm going to call him. Didn't call him. A few days later, young man got murdered. And that bothered me for some time. Couldn't really sleep. Because not that I feel like I could have changed anything, but maybe I could have checked in on him, see what he was doing, see what he could do differently. Right? I don't know. But it bothers me that I didn't speak to him when he was on my heart. So I'd encourage you to go and step out on that. If you're struggling with your mental health, please reach out to someone um, 
you know, sometimes this stuff can be expensive, but there are a lot of different resources that do exist. So please explore those options and understand. I know people feel like, hey, no one wants to hear my problems or I don't want to talk to anybody. Please do it. Please do it. It will help you because that was me. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a person that's always like, hey, I want to tell you my business. Like, you don't care. I felt that way. But sometimes hearing somebody out allows you to figure out how to navigate things um, a little bit differently. You know, sometimes it feels good just to vent, right? Whether you're dead wrong in your thinking, sometimes it feels good just to vent. And everyone's entitled to have that that person or that shoulder or that, that trusted individual that you can confide in. So please don't lock yourself in. Don't isolate yourself. You know, go try to find the support that you need and you deserve. All right. But that's it for this week. We'll jump back on. Good games coming up this week. I can't wait. But best believe, leave this understanding that Lamar Jackson is an elite quarterback and is worth all his money. Leave this understanding that mental health should be a priority. You know, not just something that you think of from time to time. It should be a priority in your life. Same way you wash your face, brush your teeth. Make sure you're doing the same thing with your mental health. Protecting yourself, doing everything that you can. Same way you go to doctors for your checkup. Check on your mental health the same way. All right? Be consistent with that. But y'all have a great week. Catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.